Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a transformational life coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. In today's episode of Conscious Conversations with Louisa, I'm speaking with James Burnham. He is an emotional intelligence coach. He has, a lot of us have talked about creating an app. He actually created an app and it's a beautiful one because I've been using it for the last month. I am in awe of someone who behind the, behind the scenes, you hear what you hear about people, right? Like, um, I know that you got divorced re, uh, in the last few years. I know yep. you had a hard time. I know a lot has happened in your life. So you could have really had a phenomenal excuse to be like, you know what? Life just sucks. And I'm just going to use that phenomenal story to be right about life sucking. And I'm going to sit in the corner and bitch about stuff. And instead of doing I, 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 instead of doing that, you have really stepped into such powerful leadership. So I cannot wait to hear your story, how it all began and welcome and let's get to know you. Well, thank you. That's a very lovely introduction. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a real adventure as everyone's life is. And that's the reality, right? There's, I don't think there's probably a single person that's going to be on this call that has not got some turmoil in their life that is impacting their ability to perform. So um, I think that's what happens. You know, there's the impact of like that being part of all of our stories. And then there is that happens. How were you able to be in the space of things not being great? And what did that not great look like? And how were you able to get out of that story to create something new? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, like, I think we all get hit with devastating things in our lives. And uh, my divorce was precipitated, really. I was coaching. I was working at a refinery. And uh, this is pretty pretty personal stuff. But I was working at a refinery, coaching a bunch of men on how to talk to the COO about stuff that was going on. He would come with plans for what they needed to do. He'd present them. The guys would all acknowledge it. And then he'd leave the room. And then they'd all bitch about the fact that what he was doing was stupid and wrong. And he, they wouldn't tell him when he was asking. And so I'm coaching these guys. I'm saying, you have to step up and speak your truth. Because if you don't, then you can't be heard. And we can kill people in this refinery if we do things wrong. So it's imperative. And they, their answers were, and this was a region where they'd hired guys out of high school. So it was a very kind of incestuous company, small town people always lived in one space. And I said, if you don't, if they don't hear you here, if they don't like you, go get a job somewhere else and leave. Like you don't want to work for a place that won't let you express your truth 
and be promoted for it or, or supported in it. And they were all scared to do it because they thought they'd get fired or demoted or not able to do whatever they needed to do. And I kept demonstrating that it wasn't. And I'm driving home one day thinking to myself, why are these men such cowards and why am I so brave, right? In my hubris, I'm sitting there thinking this. And I began to think about, you know, I, I would just quit if I had this situation. But I've lived in four countries, seven states, several provinces, 37 cities. Moving for me is not an issue. But these men, it was their whole life that they were thinking of giving up. And the terror of it, of losing it all, was overwhelming. And I realized in my own marriage, I had things that I would have been hiding from my, my spouse because I was worried that if she knew them about me, my marriage would end. And I thought, there's apples to apples. And whenever I'm coaching somebody, if I'm telling you something that I know is true and you're not responding, the first place I look is at me. What am I in my life doing that doesn't resonate with well, the truth that I'm telling you? Because you're not listening to me. And after I get over my ego, which tells me I'm awesome, I'm clearly able to see <laughs> that, oh yeah, I'm just like them. I'm scared, right? And so I hired a therapist and began to work on that with my ex. And uh, the result was what I thought it would be, right? Was that the marriage was dissolved because, uh, you know, the differences were insurmountable. For When I wanted to show up as I am, she was not interested in that guy. And, uh, and so that's what happened. And it's a, it's a hard thing to face. It's a reality that none of us want to. But I wanted to be able to tell these men I'll speak my truth and I will take my punches because it is my truth. And the reality is, is when you speak your truth and you take your punches, because sometimes you do, it leads to a better future. It leads to a place where you get to show up and be real and be accepted for who you are. And that is the essence of how you build your self-worth. You do not build your self-worth by getting acceptance through posing. And right. And so it transformed me, that whole process of doing it kind of transformed me. And I began to realize that this was the essence of coaching to these guys was this emotional capacity to face their fear and to say, your fear is blocking you from actually showing up at your best when we need you to be at your best. And, and I've got to learn how to teach people how to do this. And so that kind of became the essence of where I was coaching from. Really, I started just specifically at the point of fear. Like what is, what is it about fear that is keeping you, uh, keeping you from looking at what must be done? Right. I mean, I'm hearing radical <clears throat> responsibility as being one of yeah. the first things that you shared about that, like really having radical responsibility around it. And then hearing the aspect of fear, but like fear has this huge area of the unknown, right? And then you're in it. So yeah. Is it okay to like talk about a little bit of like when you were in it, what it felt, how long did you feel like you were in it before you were able to shift or was it kind of a easy shift because you knew you were powerfully choosing it to move forward? Well, I've, I've dealt with a lot of fear in my life. Um, I, I've, I've had uh, in physical spaces, fear is not a thing. I'm kind of a daredevil guy. You know, I like to do things that are crazy that people think are crazy I don't, I, I I'm, take calculated risks. I do things that, you know, a lot of people wouldn't. So that's a space where I confront fear regularly and I metabolize it to excitement because fear lives in the amygdala. 
And how you choose to interpret a situation is how your body will then present to that, right? So you'll either present to that with fear, which is adrenaline, cortisol, your body, um, your prefrontal cortex shuts down, your body moves to habitual behavior. You do the things that you know you can do in that moment. And it is not a higher functioning place. It is a survival place. But if you move into excitement, you're filled with dopamine, serotonin, you have your blood vessels open, right? So the blood flowing, the heart pumping is accepted. It's not a stressor on you. Your prefrontal cortex is engaged and you're seeing a broader spectrum of patterns and flow and everything about you. So you can now react with creativity and innovation. And that is the difference. But learning to metabolize that and recognize it, having that pause because our survival mind is the thing we're born with. It's the default mode of our bodies. And so we have to learn to understand what is actually valuable fear. Yeah, because it's going to hit you as fear, right? Oh, I see this. I'm scared. You're ignited. That's the default. But then you have to have that gap within yourself to be able to say, is this a fear that's serving me? Or is this something that I need to run at and change? And meditation became the very thing that allowed me to find that space to make those choices in the in the places I was weak, along with identifying, first of all, I have some places in my life that I'm very brave and everyone does. I know people think they're not brave because we have certain perceptions of what bravery is, but it, bravery crosses all dimensions of everything we do. And all of us act brave in some way. And when you begin to understand the template of your bravery, and you place it on your temp on the place of your fear, you have a pathway for how to act. And that opens up your emotional palettes to be able to access all these emotions that we avoid through cultural shame that we say we shouldn't have been looking at over these years. So powerful. So how did all of that open up the door for the app? I mean, that it's pretty huge because a lot of us. <clears throat> We all use apps. We, some yeah. of us talk about creating an app. You actually did it and it's real in the world. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I was doing all this coaching and I actually got connected with some people um, that had done the discovery of like they've gone through all the research. And the, the research started, I believe, in Norway um, 30 years ago. And, you know, all emotions resonate at a certain frequency. And this is, you can Google. Anger, what is the frequency of anger? And you can find it. You can find tables that give you the frequencies of all the emotions. And so we can measure that, right? Everything is energy, everything. And so you can measure the emotions. And that's why when you walk into a room, you can sense, ooh, there's been a fight or they're laughing about something or they've been making out. Like you kind of kind of get that feeling, right? You're like, whoa, I walked into something here. We feel that. We're born to feel it. We are, as humans, we are geared for it. It is actually our alert system to tell us what's going on. But our culture has suggested from the time of Plato, our culture has suggested that emotions are things that we must rein in and keep under wraps if we're wanting to react and act in a world that is rational. And in fact, it's not true. We need to give credence to our emotions because they are our natural guidance system. And none of them are bad. They are simply there for you to observe and process and navigate through. And once you get past the fear side of it, 
and the shame and the embarrassment of whatever that emotion is you're feeling, it opens a world of adventure to you that is really exciting. And that's where you're in your greatest space. And all the research shows that your uh, highly emotionally intelligent people are the ones that are performing at the top levels. They're the ones that are creative. They're the ones that are producing under pressure, under, you know, because fear causes us to retreat. And we see a lot of that in this and in, in the world we're in right now. I see a lot of people reacting in fear and retreating and getting tribal and reverting back to old things to protect themselves. And it's it's a sad thing to see. Right. So well, sorry, with, I didn't answer your question. I, I think can it's ask a, it again though. <laughs> so I have I have a follow-up to that with like yeah. the, I've been using the app. And so one of the things that it has right from the get-go, which is kind of fun to do, is you count with an uh, amount of time it gives you. And then it gives you your emotional intelligence score. And I can't be the only one who tried to do it differently and differently and differently to see if I could pull a different number each time. Yeah, I've tried to break it too. (laughs) So let's talk about that. Like how did that? Yeah, so those frequencies are measured through your vocal cords. All of your emotions are expressed through your vocal cords. And at MIT 10 years ago, they did a study where they actually sat people in a room and they talk into a microphone. And they discovered that they could get a more accurate reading of your emotional palate from a recording of your vocal cords than they could from a therapist who was trained to observe you and figure it out. And it's a powerful thing because um, really more than 80% of people don't fully understand their emotions because we have been taught not to. We have been taught to avoid them. And so we're not capable of engaging our emotions our brains are our thoughts, which are processing. When you're feeling something in your body, that's your emotional response. And then your nervous system, Joe Dispenza talks about this, then picks up that response, that emotional response, and it goes up your spine to your brain, and then your brain interprets that, right? And so what needs to happen is in order for you to really get to the first stages of the signal of your body, it's the emotional place that you got to go to. And that's not in your head. Your head is what is blocking you from feeling. And so we got to get out of our head, drop into our body and see where that sits. And there's wisdom in those emotions that will tell you things you cannot see otherwise. But the cool thing with the app is in 15 seconds, when you check in, gives you your whole emotional palette and you get to see, oh my gosh, I'm scared to death. And Frankly, almost everyone that does it, um, I get these calls from people that use it and they're like, but I'm not scared. I'm not scared at all. And I'll say, okay, quit thinking about it and get into your body and imagine where you can feel this in your body. And then they all are like, oh my gosh, there it is. Right. And that's what happens. It's, It's really astonishing how little we pay attention to what our bodies are telling us when it comes to emotions. You break a bone. You're going to take care of that bone. You're going to listen to it. You're going to protect it. But you're scared or you're angry or you're sad or you're lonely. Well, those are inappropriate emotions. I'm not going to deal with those. I'm going to push those aside. That's kind of our cultural trend. And this app illuminates that. Right. I think anger is one of the ones that is probably the hardest to deal with because like it's not it doesn't seem okay to be angry. You you just want to be that person. So how does one like see that on their chart and then work through it? How do you deal with it? Well, there's lots of methods to do that. Meditation is one of them. Um, 
But really, uh, the first step that I try to teach people is to get out of your head. When you when you look at what the reading is, right? Mm-hmm. I think we did this I, together, but I do this all the time. I'll look at my reading. And now what I do, because I've been doing it so long, is I actually will try to anticipate what I'm going to see before. By, by I get out of my head, I drop into my body, I try to feel, I can locate in my body where I carry sadness, I carry that in my throat, and I carry that kind of in the middle of my chest and behind my heart. And I carry anger um, in my head and in my shoulders um, and uh, in my gut. And I carry, um, I carry fear. Fear is something that kind of emanates about, it feels like it's outside of my chest over here is what it feels like. So I know where these things reside for me now. And so I try to tune into that. And as I tune into it, and then I look, I compare with what it, the reading is on the app. And it has informed me and taught me where I carry these things in my body. So I can pretty much tell you with fairly good accuracy, what I'm feeling before I even check in. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. So and what I- happens though, so here's an example of what happens. When you do that, when you recognize it, you drop in, you feel it, it's been acknowledged. It's like a child tapping on your leg saying, daddy, 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 daddy. And if you ignore that kid, within a few minutes, that kid's going to be screaming on the floor, yelling for help right? Or whatever it is. And now it's a disruptive issue. And that's what happens. And that's what we see all the time. People, the triggers that we have when people are triggered and lashing out and these crazy responses, that is because they're dealing with emotions that they have not acknowledged in their lives. It's not the thing that's happening in front of them that's that's creating that response. It's the things that have happened that they've ignored in the past that are now bleeding into the situation in front of them. And when you touch the emotions, acknowledge them, they dissipate and they leave you capable of being far more um, adroit in difficult situations, adaptable, uh, capable of nuance and discovery and curiosity versus reactive anger, frustration, sadness, low, like those triggers are all a response of us ignoring emotions. That is powerful. I could see this being a fun game to play with, with couples of like an opportunity to use it to connect. Yeah. Yeah. I use it all the time, actually. So I will, uh, I'll check in first thing in the morning because it's 15 seconds. So I, I wake up, I'll do my little count for 15 seconds, see what my thing is. And then I'll go and I'll work out. I have a work daily workout and I'll check in and invariably, my affect is greatly improved from working out after a meditation. It's improved after hikes and like, there's a number of things you can do. I play music. I do all kinds of things to help. And, and I also do it when I encounter people that I think, think are really horrible and I'll check in and it will have an impact. My empathy will drop things like that. It's just like, wow, this person taxing me. And you begin to really understand how much emotion impacts the energy of you yourself. And, and it, I love it. I, I think it becomes a real, it teaches you that you have this in this, this system is actually residing within your body, but you're just seeing a wit, an eyewitness of what it is you have capable um, within your own reach. Absolutely. I just think like I do this thing called the destiny script and I read it every day. 
Yeah. And I, if I'm feeling low in energy, I'll actually just read it out loud again. And within yeah. moments, all of my energy shifts because I'll, I'm creating something new. My body is having a physical response to being excited about like what I know I'm creating. And yeah. it, it works like this. Um, I'm going to open it up to give everyone else an opportunity to ask you questions. Sorry, I had to grab my dog, but I knew he was either going to make a ton of noise or I was going to hold him like a baby. Yeah, so, like an emotion. <laughs> right. So here he is. He's the cutest thing ever. So who would like to ask James questions and uh, jump in on the chat? Yes. Hey, yes. Thank you, by the way. I didn't even know this app existed. This is awesome. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm late to the game, but I'm like, what app is this? Where can I get it? And is there a, is there a teenager's version? <laughs> um, so there, the version it works. I have a lot of actually mothers that have given it to their um, kids in school. Um, and I'm using it with a woman that's doing her PhD on teaching kids how to identify emotions. Um, but uh, you can go to my website, jamesgburnham.com. And uh, you can download the app there. And right now I am offering everyone that signs up. I'm going to I'm giving everyone that signs up for the next like month or so a free one on one coaching call. I'll teach you how to engage the app. I also have a Facebook group that you can join because really the, the essence of this is not just seeing it because it can overwhelm you when you see your emotions and you see what your score is. You can we we beat ourselves up. We have an internal judge in us that drives us to say, oh, I'm not good. And it has nothing. Your emotions are not you. They are your alert system. But we have associated them to ourselves so much that we feel badly about it. And then I see people drop off. So what I really want is people to have the support they need to be able to identify these emotions, process them and let them go. Because it's a powerful thing when you can now recognize, oh, I'm angry. And, uh, and you can touch that emotion of anger and accept that it's there and then let it dissipate. And then you can act with kindness to everyone around you because you know what that issue is about and it's not, it's not impacting you. Right. But we, we, when we fail to touch these emotions, it's hard, but yeah, you can go to my website and you can download it there. And then I'll set up an appointment with you and I'll talk to you about how to work the app. And I'll get you invited to the Facebook uh, group site and you can participate there. And you can use your kids too. You want to type in your website in the chat? That way, yes, I will. That will make life a lot easier. Thank you, James. Appreciate you. Appreciate this. I I didn't even know it existed. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier to. That's the place to go. It says. I just found out today that you're supposed to get a free week to test it out, but I had some people sign in and they said that it's charging them the it's $9 and 99 cents a month um, or a hundred bucks for a year. Um, But it says it's charging them. I'm having that worked out right now. So if you do sign up for it and it charges you before it works out and you want that free week, let me know and I'll make sure you get refunded that money so that you can get charged, you know, after I, I, I just got some technical stuff on that, but everything else is great. I don't want you to think I'm trying to get, uh, take a free week away from you. I don't, I want you to have the free week. So how was it getting the, um, 
the app actually situated? I know that that would be a real challenge too. It was a real challenge. Yeah, it was significant uh, getting it all worked out. It was actually supposed to be ready at a level that I still am not at in October of last year. And so financially, the investment in it was very stressful. Um, they kept saying it was done, the coders, and then, you know, but everyone that has ever worked in tech industry knows that this is par for the course. It's, uh, but the accuracy of it is, has improved significantly um, because of the users. There's AI component to it. So it takes all of the information and it's become an ex extremely accurate reading and it's, it's really powerful. Um, and we have, uh, I just, I'm excited about it because it's, it's, it's a really, really massive undertaking to get it done and have it so accessible and easy. And there are many iterations coming that are going to constantly improve it. But as it sits right now, it's a wonderful, easy app on your phone, 15 second check in a day, and you can improve your emotional intelligence just from that alone. If you'll look at it, you'll just look at it. That is fabulous. Yeah. Mark. Hey, uh, thanks for, thanks for creating this thing. Uh, it's very cool. Uh, I had no idea that you can't game the system. That's really interesting that you yeah. can't like try to trick it. It can actually really, it's almost like a lie detector test for your emotions, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, question for you. Um, I really have two. One is, um, you know, Louisa and I were doing a, an exercise a week ago and we both sort of acknowledged that we're somewhat disconnected in our bodies. Right. So you know, I've done a lot of that work, you know, that somatic work where they're like, where do you feel your blah, blah, blah. And yep. I have a really hard time getting in a space where I can actually feel in my body where I'm holding on to emotions. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, I don't know, uh, tools or ways to sort of learn to become more body aware in that sense? Well, I will say, particularly for us as men, this is an extremely difficult thing. We have been we have been trained not to feel them, to yeah. shut them down, right? I literally remember first getting into therapy and the therapist, we had to check in, you know, how are you doing today? You couldn't say good. You couldn't say bad. You had to give a fucking emotion. And I'd be like, yeah. damn it, right? <laughs> and I had to get a piece of paper and guess. But the cool thing with this app is it will tell you what you're feeling. And then your job is not to figure out somatically what you're feeling. It's to somatically find that emotion that has been identified for you. That alone. So if you do it with your techniques and you know, my fear is high or my sadness is high or whatever it is, the moment you see it and then get curious about where that could reside in your body, since you're already practicing it, it will illuminate for you. Hmm. You're already doing the practice. The problem is, is you don't even know what you're looking for. Yeah. Right. And so that's the difference. And I've meditated for years before I got this app. And I thought I was pretty damn good at identifying my emotions. And then my dad, he had a massive stroke in September and we all thought he was going to die. My whole family gathered. He's 86 years old. And I checked in and my brother checked in and my, my fear was at a hundred percent. And I looked at my brother and I said, I'm not fucking scared. Are you scared? <laughs> and he goes, no. And then I thought, 
So minimum 87% accuracy on this app. And I could be 13% right. Like maybe I should get curious about this. And I did a little somatic breath work. I got out of my head, dropped it in my body. And I felt the fear exploding from me. Of course I did. My dad was dying. You know, I thought my dad was dying right there. Yeah. Right? yeah. And of course I felt that. And it made all the sense to me. But then in the process of doing that, that next week, my brother is a phenomenal leader. He's just incredible. And he's the family guy, right? So in that situation with the tense nuances of what's going on, and he would be the guy that took care of everything. I was the guy that managed it that week because mm. I was dealing with my fear. It had been dealt with. And I was um, at the end of the week, my brother comes up to me and I didn't even know that. I thought I was struggling myself still, right? It was a hard week. But my brother comes up to me, he goes, James, I don't know what's going on with you, but you were unreal this week, right? But what I had done was I had seen the fear. I could not have identified it myself in that moment. And then I used a somatic exercise to drop in. But breath techniques are great. A body scan, meditation, when you body scan, those are great techniques. Um, just really uh, any music, listening to music that ignites emotions in you. When you begin to hear that, that will guide you to what you're feeling. Those are those are techniques that I use. Yeah. Hiking, physical activity, right? Those are all good techniques. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. It, it's interesting because when you say hiking and exercise, I <clears throat> hiking and exercise for me is a great way to actually uh, not feel what's going on in my body. Like I can get into exercise and then I don't have to actually be present here. I know yeah. that sounds weird, but I was a professional athlete and I, I just yeah. learned how to like go into physical states to ignore what I'm actually experiencing. Stillness is where yeah. I have to deal with my shit. <laughs> but there, there's a meditative process, right? For the, for you as an athlete, when you get into that rhythm and that you're pushing yourself physically, all of the noise in your life is gone. Right. 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 So in that moment when the noise of your life is gone, drop into your body mm. and it will tell you what you need to feel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So try that. I bet you, I mean, I, I, am not a professional athlete. I wish I was, but I pretend to be. And so when I'm running, <laughs> love it. right. When I'm running trails, I do a lot of trail running. Love it. I have had deep insights into what's going on. Yeah, no, I, I guess I'd never occurred to me because I've always used it as the tool to actually avoid yeah. those feelings because I can make them go away by yeah. just starting to exercise, right? Yeah. But then you're not then you're not actually he dealing with it or healing or or being right. aware of it. You're just going, oh, I don't like that. I'm going to get back to familiarity, which is exercise or whatever. You know? Yeah. So the, it opens the door. Yeah. Right? But it silences the noise, and so you yeah. can be comfortable comfortable with the silence. And most of us. Like you, you see high performers, many of them are involved in physical activity because it does silence the noise, right? But then if you want to keep the noise silent and move beyond it, you've got to drop into your body and feel it. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, man, I've had times where I was running on my trails and I start weeping like a fucking baby <laughs> I'm like running down this trail. I'm like, holy crap. But I got my best times during that. I, I ran like 
some really fast miles in those times. <laughs> Love it. You know what has really helped me recently is setting an intention before my workout. Yes. And mm. that has been really, really powerful. Instead of just doing the workout, I set a clear intention. And lately it's been guidance. And I just, because I want, when I'm in this, the zone where you're talking about, like you could just drop in, right? When I'm in there and I'm, and I've chosen guidance, I ride that wave while I'm there. And then I get incredible downloads. By the time I'm done with my workout, I've solved the world's problems. I'm like, wow. So it really does make a huge difference of like anything that I do. My first intention is where can I go with this? Yeah, that is. Thank you so much. In fact, I have a hiking group that I started with my buddy, David, about a year and a half ago, because we would hike and I would always set an intention before I went hiking because I had stuff that had built up, you know, with the things I was dealing with. And I'd be like, I I don't know where to take this and what to do with it. So I would take it to nature and I look to the world around me with that intent. And I tell you, man, like when you're running in a mountain or you're out in nature or you're working out and you begin to look with intention for answers, your mind will find them. Absolutely. Yeah. Really does. And then all of a sudden, all the pieces connect and you're like, yeah. wow. Thank you so much. That's I, I, I do that all the time. And I didn't even remember. Well, that's the thing. It's like it becomes second nature that this is our yeah. where we go. Yeah. And it's 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 the flow that creates the ease. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Great question. Thank you. Who else would like to ask a question or share? I'm going to pick David Reed. <laughs> Why would you do that? Because you look too cool with your glasses. No, these are prescription sunglasses. I can't find my regular glasses, so I'm wearing these right now so I can read. Um, you know, there's something about the hike, you know, and about <laughs> going through the process when you're in that mental space. There's a Joe DePenza hiking, walking meditation that I did yeah. almost a year ago. And that brought me to tears, but it also it brought me to a completely different level of, of intention and, and, and reconnecting with my, with intention when you're just walking down the street and whatever you're thinking. And it, it actually, you know, brought up my emotional awareness about what you're doing and, and that kind of when you're out of your head and you're exercising and how to use that. And um, you've reminded me of it because I'd forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. that time and so you just brought it up again and and to also thank you mark because the dichotomy of both those things of you can use it for emotional intelligence and to check out at the same time yeah and it, it can you know you can use it both ways so thank you i don't really have a question it just reminded me of that so thank you very much yeah that's i like that i i do think uh that's the thing is we have these techniques that we can do many things with, right? Joe Dispenza has so many different meditations for different situations. And I think that's the thing with our emotions. They're so nuanced. There's so many of them. And learning to accept that full palette and what's there and listen to it, it's like a muscle. It's just like working out, right? And you start and it's hard. And uh, so there's little things that you can do when the noise or the feelings start to kind of get to you and you don't know what's going on to silence that and get to your space of happiness and like little quick meditations. And they're usually like touch. You can just touch your fingertips together 
and try to feel the, uh, why don't you guys want to do one of these right now? Let's so do imagine, it. Imagine like, okay, I want you to just think about your life right now. And I get, I bet you every single one of us has stuff that's causing us turmoil, right? And the judge, we all carry a judge in our mind that is saying things about you. Mine says, you're not smart enough. You're lazy. You don't do enough. You, you know, like I have an endless litany of things that it tells me, right? And that. I have to whip myself into shape to get beyond. And the friction of those negative thoughts, that judge, that's the survivor in you, creates pull that drains your energy. And when you're in flow state, none of that noise is there, right? You're creating, you're innovating, you're adapting. It's flow, it's fucking easy. So when you start to hear that, you Drop into that space. I want you to just do this one. Take your two fingers and focus with deep intent on the touch of those two fingertips together. I want you to try to feel the ridges of your fingerprints. Feel the warmth and the temperature of the fingers that you're touching. Allow us to rub them around. Just kind of rub them together and feel what you're feeling and focus intently. And as your mind slips away, because it will, right? It's going to go back to other things. Just draw it back to that, what you're feeling. And then take your hands and put them on your forehead. I want you to feel what that feels like. What is the sensation that's running on your forehead? How does it feel the texture of your skin, the warmth of it? And rub your eyebrows, drop it down to your eyes. And just keep pulling back, letting those thoughts go and focusing without any thought or any sort of discovery on what that sensation is. Okay, so could you feel the moments of quiet in your mind as you did that, as you were able to focus? And you can do that for 10 seconds, right? So I'll, I'll do something like if I'm sitting in a conversation and I'm starting to be triggered by something that's happening, I feel myself igniting, I'll start to rub my fingertips together and stay in the conversation and just look at the person, but focus intently on that sensation. And it gives me a moment of pause that allows me to then get out of the noise in my mind. And it's really cool. And this will build, if you do these, I, I do stuff like this multiple times a day. It's just like exercise. It builds your capacity to meet challenges in your best form. I love all of the tools that we are given. It's yeah. being able to remember them in the moment. We just, a couple of us in here were completing the eight-week course I teach on emotional intelligence and mindfulness. And we have yeah. the voices of judgment and the voices of wisdom. And yeah. so you name the voice and you're like, okay, so who's speaking? Where is it coming from? Yeah. You kind of know that it's not your voice, yeah. you give it no more energy. And then there, you're, there's the voice of wisdom that you've actually created. And you're like, all right, well, I know exactly how I'm going to run the show. And it's not going to be, you know, allowing our voices of judgment to lead anymore. Yeah, that's exactly right. Eckhart Tolle says, and this isn't a quote, it's a paraphrase because I can't quote him, but he says basically the ego, which is this judge within us, when gazed upon melts like a snowman in the sun. And, and it is not our voice. Those, mm -hmm. That chaos and noise and judgments that we hear in our minds, 
they're not us. It is, it is the eagle, right? And when you gaze upon it, acknowledge, and you'll, I like to say to myself, oh, there's the judge. There's that judge. It's not me. There's the judge. And then gazing upon it and giving it that credence melts it away, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we really would never allow that to lead our life. And yet yeah. we have been because we haven't identified yeah. where it's coming from. We actually used to think that it was us that was making those decisions. But now having a place to identify, you're like, oh, okay. And, you know, and, and it's such a different experience to have the voice of wisdom and what that feels like in your body and the the space you get to create from when you're coming from your voice of wisdom. It doesn't, it doesn't have any fear. It doesn't have any ego. It doesn't have any pain. Like your voice of wisdom doesn't go there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so profound. I have nothing else to add. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Who else would like to share? Kevin. (laughs) Hi, Kevin. Hi. Sorry, no, I'm I'm just burned out. I I spent six hours with the FDA and I got to testify, so I got five minutes, but the whole thing was six hours. So I'm just burned out today. I love so, your library. Thanks, thanks. He's read every one of those books. I believe it. Great Gatsby, there. <clears throat> well, Kevin's okay. Here, here's what I'm going to ask Kevin. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us who you are? Because he's pretty awesome. And I just think everybody should know who he is. And and I would be okay with just enough of that, Kevin. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, as she said, (laughs) my name is Kevin Elwins. And I'm a uh, cybersecurity expert who focuses on protecting critical infrastructure for around the world. Wow. And um, I've been dealing with some uh, long COVID problems and so that was um, some of the stuff that I was testifying with the uh, FDA in their big global meeting today. So fun stuff. That is wow. interesting. Kevin's a pretty big deal. We know that. Yes, we love Kevin. <laughs> well, yeah, well, when you're testifying for the FDA, that that's no more needs to be said, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad you're here, like as spent as you are and however you feel. Thank God that you are unstoppable enough to be here with us. So thank you. BJ, would you like to share anything? Uh, The uh, emotional intelligence is just a a, uh, confusion and a very interesting topic. And I don't understand, understand it all. Uh, but, uh, I'd love to get that app. And is that a point system that that's on or what the app? Um, no, there's no point system. Um, it's just, uh, what it does is measures the frequency. So the pillars of emotional intelligence are self-awareness, self-management, self-expression and empathy. And so based on your ability to express it, it can tell from your vocal cords. It gives you a score on of your emotional intelligence based on those four pillars. And then from those four pillars, you can go deeper and you can see I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm confident, I'm motivated, or what, you know, you get to see all your positive 
Um, it doesn't show you all of them because it's just too overwhelming. So I've selected a, a bunch that you can see that are positive frequency emotions and there's negative frequency emotions. The negative frequency emotions are the ones we typically call bad, but uh, they're the ones that we really must listen to. And the best way I heard, I, I took a course from uh, Shirzad Shamin. I don't know if you know him. He's a great coach, New York Times bestseller. He has a book called Positive Intelligence, which I recommend that anyone read. It's powerful. Um, and he says, <clears throat> your negative emotions when they appear are like when you put your hand on a stove. It's hot and you pull it away quickly because now you know it's hot. You don't need to leave your hand on that stove and get burned. The wisdom of knowing it's hot is enough, but you have to acknowledge that you touched it and move away or you'll stay there and burn yourself. And too often that's what happens is we refuse to acknowledge that we're feeling anger. We refuse to acknowledge that we're feeling sad. And so those emotions bleed into the, our lives in ways that we don't want them to. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. Well, thank you. Great question. It looks Mark. like Mark has another question. Yes. Unless you have more, BJ. <clears throat> BJ, did you have any more questions? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Thank you. Um, James, I was, I was just looking at the website and, you know, it talks about, uh, you know, how it, the app actually reads the vibrations of the voice and the emotion, yeah. right? <clears throat> so obviously you, you have some experience around vibration, sound yeah. and cymatics and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and we're learning more and more about how you can affect water. You can affect matter with emotion. Yeah. Um, can you share any of your own sort of expert insights in that? Because that, to me, that's fascinating. I mean, that's something that I'm teaching my kids right now that you can actually do experiments where you take in the house, you can actually give, come in and take two different objects filled with, with liquid and you can give them hateful, mean words to one and, and loving kind ones to the other. And within two weeks, the hateful one turns completely like rotten and gross and the colors it's wild. It's really wild. Yeah. I actually, I can give you one that I'm literally in at this moment. <laughs> it's, this is really personal. So I'm just going to dump it on you guys, but it's what it is. Right. So I've been coaching at a private equity firm kind of on a retainer for the last two years. And uh, the, the president of the company has some real difficulties and uh, his behaviors were such that at one point I resigned and uh, they asked me to come back. So I did. Um, and then I just said, you have to do certain things in order for me to stay. And if you don't maintain that, I'm gone. I won't do this, but <clears throat> it's the majority of my income right? Because I, I coach all of their CEOs and I manage one of their companies and it's a huge part of my income. And I've been trying to build this on the side, but this is my passion. This is what I love to do. And I've been doing it there. So it's been great, but it's my income. And we had an incident uh, two and a half weeks ago and I just was like, I'm done. I quit. And the overwhelming judgment, the internal dialogue, I'm going to take it to the words that we speak, right? 
mm. of what I want to say to myself, to, to berate myself for what I'm doing is, is huge, right? But I had one day where I did that, where I allowed myself just the unrestrained dialogue of self-berating judgment that's in my mind, and it crippled me for a day. Yeah. Entirely crippled me. I was incapable of doing anything. And so I gave myself that day, and then I got out and I did my things to change my mindset. And I am generating so much stuff around this app and it's because it's where I want to be. It's where I, it's where I know I'm good. And I get to work with people that I want to work with instead of doing something for the money. Right. But those voices in our mind that tell us our value that is based on such super superficial things can really diminish our capacity to produce. And right now with AI coming out, we need to be kind, not only to others, but to ourselves. Because when you see what it does to water, imagine what it does to your own self, that voice in your head. Doesn't it bring you right back to the very first thing you started this conversation with, with the people who were at work and you thought, you know, and how that scenario went. And then you went and had the, you know, encounter with your wife and yeah. how fascinating to bring it back to you're in it and how much harder it is when you're the one yeah. going through it. But like, it really does. And, and I love collecting evidence because enough times of this working, I, it, it builds my nest egg of like believing it. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've actually walked in 25 years of doing hair. I've let go of three clients and I, I just like, it, they would ruin my day yeah. and it wasn't worth yeah. the rest of the day. And she's, I remember one of them saying to me, do you know how much I pay you? And I was like, not enough. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> so, and, and I didn't miss $1 of how much she pays me because no. it got replaced instantly because that energy was no longer in my chair. Yeah. So I love that you were able to see that for yourself. And even if it's hard, even if it's uncomfortable to like know that when you do it, then you get to like be the person who holds space for others. Yeah. Because it is what we're doing. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and we're more capable of holding space for others when we begin to hold space for ourselves. Absolutely. And I think so many of it, I mean, we have a culture that breaks. We... We have a belief that if we let up on the gas pedal in our minds of who we, you know, what we need to do and all those things that we will turn into, you know, drunks in the gutter and do nothing and be slothful. Right. But the opposite is true. Just like if you were, I was, I was actually teaching my daughter how to water ski. She was, uh, I was super excited about it. Right. She, my kids, you know, I, I love to, I've taught hundreds of people how to water ski. My daughter is like 12 and she's finally like, daddy, I want you to teach me how to water ski. I'm like, yeah. So I jump in the water, right? I'm with my little girl. I'm giving her all the pointers, the tips, how to get up. And she goes to get up. You know, I got her all in right position. I'm, I'm holding her legs and her tips are up on the skis. And she says, hit it. And they go and her legs splay and she falls flat on her face, right? 
horse. And I swim over to her and I say, Sunny, you did such a good job. I'm so proud of you. You had, and I gave her a list of all these things that she had done right because she had done so many things right. You let go of the rope. A lot of people don't. They drag themselves. Good job. You know, all these things. And then I said, so next time, I just want you to think about the pressure of the water and think about it as if it's the floor because you know how to stand up out of a chair. It's just like that. When you feel the pressure, don't get scared. It's not going to hurt you. Just push against it and stand up next time, right? So we did this probably for an hour. Now, if I had said to her when she fell on her face, Sonny, you stupid idiot. I can't believe you didn't do that. I gave you all of the right instruction and you couldn't do it. She'd have wept and got in the boat and never water skied again. She got up. She, she stuck at it for an hour. And I was so amazed at her, right? But why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we turn and berate ourselves? We have so much more to give if we're kind. Right. Well, we just have this expectation of what it's supposed to look like. I was actually telling BJ today, so I, I've been doing these masterminds on the podcast two years ago, I had fallen and I had this huge um, scar on my face. And all of a sudden I'm posting these things on YouTube and I saw the scar on my face and I didn't want to post that one because I don't want to not look perfect. Yeah. And I would have, I, I almost didn't. I literally almost didn't do it because of how I look. And I thought, how sad that the world would really miss out on this interview with this information, with this content, because I only cared about how I looked. Yeah. And it's still going out regardless of a beautiful scar on my face. Beautiful scar on your face. Because and, of and it just is. <clears throat> Yeah. So, but it's, it, it was, it took everything I had to, yeah. to be like, I don't look good in it. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I bet you, you look great. I, mm -hmm. I bet you it's fine. Right. Again. Right. This is the critical nature of ourselves. Yeah. Notice these things, right. You, you, you get dressed, you look beautiful and you're headed out. And what you notice is the, little pimple that's starting on your cheek and the guy that you're going out with is like, damn, you look amazing. Right. And all you're thinking about is that blemish. We do right. that to ourselves. We really we do. do and, and what is the hottest thing in the world is confidence. Like people walk into a room, you don't notice anything and their <clears throat> energy that is so powerful is confidence. And we walk around being like, yeah. Oh my God. Right. Yep. And, but it really, I said something the other day, cause like even this, right. It's been imperfect action. I had no idea what this was going to turn into. All I knew is I just love connecting with everybody and I figured it was a playground. So this playground turned into something that I get to continue and have all of you guys to continue playing with. And the reality is, is what a privilege it is. I can't tell you how many coaches told me to shut it down. They were like, you're not making money in it. Shut it down. It's all about like income producing activities and whatever, right? Imagine if I had listened to that. And it, it, I wouldn't be able to talk to you today. I, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
all of you guys wouldn't be here if I was worried about all of the things that we were told. And some of the, and how many people's parents say, okay, <laughs> so they're taking on a new project. How is this actually working? And, and they're the first ones to help you talk you out of your dream. And how many of us are really still pushing forward because we believe in what we're doing? And then all of a sudden, it really, the ball starts rolling and things are moving forward. And you're like, ah, this is exactly what I've been doing it for. Yeah. Well, and, and Louisa, if I could jump in, just yeah. so you understand the, the ripple effect that you create that you may not even be aware of. So I've been working on, um, I'm building out a 10-week program. And each week is very specific for a group that's already kind of waiting for it to start next month. And join the call tonight. I love your, I love your conversations and who you have on. And one of those 10 weeks is going to be on emotional intelligence and everybody's going to learn about your app and I'm going to have them all start using it because what a cool tool, right? So, you know, the more people that learn about it, then they can share it with others who can share it with others who can yeah. share it with others. And I think that's what it's all about, right? Absolutely. And what's also fun is I, Mark and I have shared this, like I met Mark in a transformational course quite a few years ago where I was devastated to exist, I literally was like petrified of my own shadow. And so to take that person who was like so scared to now be hosting this is so huge to me. And it really was like a tiny step, a tiny step, a tiny step with enough people being like, you matter, keep going. It's great. And then all of a sudden you're like, this feels really right. Yeah, yeah, I think that I don't think you can underestimate the power of just a service that you offer for free, you know, without expectation of financial return, um, because I think that the money follows true service. Absolutely. And, and it really I was thinking about when I became a hairdresser, how the one of the people I interviewed recently took on a whole new career and a year later decided it wasn't working and stopped. And I was like, a year was when I barely started to figure out what I was doing, barely. So it took literally close to three years before someone, one, I had enough confidence and two, somebody wanted to pay my, my prices. And one is still in the like, floaty stage of swimming, swimming lessons. So I just can't imagine if we didn't have each other and seeing how normal it is that one year isn't yet it. Yeah. I mean, how long did it take for you to build your app, get to here, do the courses, do the training? I mean, it, it really, it, it's not a year. No. It's not a few years. <laughs> not even close. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the point that I'm at is I think I really started what I'm doing, like the evolution of it was I look at the instigating point of what I've learned and how I've come what I do now was, um, what year was that? 19, uh, oh my gosh, 2000. 2005. That's what it was. 2005. That was the moment. 
that year, everything started and it's built from there to become what it is now. Right. And that's the, so that moment, do you remember that moment? Like, would you share that moment? Yeah, I can. This is a really personal moment. I was, uh, so I, I'll give you some background on it. I, I was, um, I suffered a really, really severe child abuse and molestation from the age of four to eight. And it was something that I lost from my memories until after years of therapy. Um, but in that, in, at the age of 35, um, I cheated on my ex and, and, uh, I'll never forget. I walked out the door and that that's part of the reason she divorced me. It wasn't that eventually, but, uh, I walked out the door after doing it. I collapsed by my car and I wanted to kill myself. And I was utterly just disgusted with what I had done because it's horrific thing to be disloyal like that, I believe is the epitome of what we don't want. Right. And I, I consider myself a loyal friend and yet I had done something to my supposedly most intimate partner. That was the, the essence of, bad. Right. And I just, I couldn't understand what had happened. And I collapsed by my car and I was ready to kill myself, but I had two children at the time, little kids. And I thought, I don't know how to figure out a way to kill myself and never let them know. And if I kill myself and they discover it, then I'm going to damage them even more. So I've got to figure out what's wrong with me. And I began to research. I, I did my master's in English literature and so I'm good at research and I, I started to research mental health and I went into therapy and I started doing all this stuff to try to figure out what was wrong with me, that I would do something so vile, you know, and, and at that time, even thinking about myself would ca cause me to shiver with revulsion. I would, I would literally just be like, ugh, I was so revolted with who I was all the time. Right. And you think about that water, you talk kindly to some water, you talk bad to others. I was incessantly bad to myself. Right. And, and so that began the process of me beginning to understand all these things and seeking ways to help me perform what I felt I needed to do as just a normal functional human. I didn't feel like a normal functional human. I felt like a broken, horrible individual. And that was the moment that transition for me because I didn't know how to kill myself with the children and, and not damage them further. That is so powerful. And I so honor you and thank you for being so vulnerable with us and sharing because, you know, people share about all the things that like, look what I'm doing. That's great. But where it comes from is pain. And it really like the pain gets deep enough to have the breakthrough. Yeah. And some people get to have the big breakthrough and some people continue hurting others. So I acknowledge you for really taking on and loving your children enough to not cause them pain. Yeah, and we cause each other pain and we make huge mistakes in our lives. And I think you said it perfectly in that when we can get out of the internal judgment of ourselves, you know, and, and it's okay to feel ashamed about making a mistake, it, but 
if we stay in that space, we are not taking what we can learn from it. These moments of great failure are the nuggets and the diamonds of our life if we unearth them and get down to the real issue of why that mistake was made. That becomes the the essence of everything that is the best. You know, all these mistakes that we make are there our master teachers if Absolutely. we'll accept them. Absolutely. And and there's not a single one of us who can say that I can't I, I have no idea what he's talking about. We've all hurt and we've all hurt others. There's not a single person who could be like, not me. There is just isn't. And when I got to like be with that, I the compassion I had for myself and for others grew. Yes, exactly. James, have you forgiven yourself? Yeah, I have. I awesome. I understand why I did it, and I understand that I won't do it again because I've resolved that. Right, the issues yeah. that I faced. Uh, honestly, I I read a book by uh, Kristen Neff uh, called Self Compassion, and it was it was the transformative book of my life, and it taught me how to offer myself compassion and to speak kindly to myself. And, uh, and in the process of doing that, once I was able to forgive myself for my grievous errors, which were significant, um, that's when my memories of my child abuse came back. And that was the core issue of my life. That was the, that was the thing that had me running from, from what was real. And, uh, and, and had I not been able to forgive myself for those things, I would have never resolved that. And I never would have healed myself to the level I am. I, I don't think healing ever ends. I just think that I'm at a level that I'm at and I got long ways to go, which is actually the fucking adventure that I get to be on. I love it. Well, we love that you are because then we all get to be on it together. Yeah, and I'll take you all on adventures. All on it together because, yeah. and that's the fun part when Mark and I were doing our class, you get to be in a room with everybody riding that experience together. And so I, I still remember like one of the experiences that I, I was like, I came in here because I knew something was wrong with me. If I could figure out what's wrong with me, I could fix it. And then I won't have a problem anymore. And yeah. as the as the <laughs> class kept going, I was like, Oh my God, I figured something out. And, and that what I was is all the things that were right with me. I was yeah. like, I'm not broken. No. I'm just like everybody else. And I just have fears and I just have whatever I just did. And I was like, I literally came in here to figure out like what on earth, why like life isn't working for me and why I'm so scared and why this and why that. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. And then to, to have everybody celebrate <laughs> with you, to, to watch everybody care enough to celebrate with you, your successes. That's why this means so much to me. Every single time we all are on here and every time we celebrate another person being on here, it's another opportunity to like see another shining star that gets to be celebrated and all of us along with it. Like you're here, but we're all in here with you. You know what I mean? Like we are all here together. And, and it goes back to the, your radical responsibility from the beginning. You know, when something's not working, radical responsibility, when something's working still, it's all the same level. So when you're winning, we're all winning with you. 
Yeah, I agree. I th- I think that there's uh, the the idea of winning and losing is effective in sports because there is a loser in a game, and I want there to be a loser in a game. But in life, we get to all win. We really do. It's a different game, and we win more when everyone's winning. That's for sure. That is for sure. Anyone have any uh, burning desires to connect and say anything before we call it a night? Um, I, I just have a quick question. James, where are you based out of? I'm in California, so I'm just asking. I'm in Utah, Salt Lake City. Okay, so you're not too far. Okay, I might holler at you for some stuff. I, I got some yeah. things that I got some things that popped in my head. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody that signs up today, um, I will see your emails. And uh, I signed uh, up while we were on this call. So you will see my. Awesome. Thank you. So and James, any, any uh, other than the app, which is a phenomenal way to connect with you, any other ways to connect with you? Um, <clears throat> my email, I'll, I can type that in too. I'll give you my email and I'll give you guys my phone number too. There's my email and my phone number is 801-694-4546. I will make sure when this is going onto YouTube, it gets uh, edited out (laughs) so the whole world doesn't have access to your phone number. They're going to be like, so James. Yeah. Uh, I I generally don't answer if I don't have a name attached to it uh, because, you know, that's a nice way. But I will if you leave a voice message or if you text me and say, hey, this is me. Um, from the, you know, from this conversation, I will absolutely get in contact with you. I would love to help you get started on this journey of emotional intelligence. I just, just believe that, uh, with what we have going on in the world, we need people to be able to be their best. We need them to show up authentically and creative and adaptable because we got a world of change coming at us that we've never seen before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me, Louisa. I always enjoy talking to you. You're very insightful and I love our conversations. So thank you so much. Thank you. I am honored having you on here and I love being able to highlight you. And I, I love watching your wild adventures, the the (laughs) things that I'm like, great job. And I'll just like sit in my nice cozy home with my tea while watching you be <laughs> adventurous. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone. Yeah. I James, I, I just Mark wanted had to... one last question it looked like. Yeah. Or did or somebody I interrupt somebody there? I it's Dorinda. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you so much. I've been going through a lot lately in listening to this a whole uh, conversation tonight. It's really been put a lot of things in perspective. So I thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I I appreciate that. And I want you to know that going through these things is nothing about you as uh, diminishing to you in any way. It's just life. We all are. I'm going through things too. And I guarantee everyone else here is too. I know Kevin's struggling with long-term COVID issues. (laughs) Mm -hmm. right but they hit us they hit us and they make us think we're bad but don't allow this to change who you are in a bad way right 
Let it make it help you rise. This is to help you rise. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We, yeah, I've, I've seen David put up hands. I'm, I'm like, are we ending? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was going like that. I was saying, I was pointing at you saying, thank okay. you. Wonderful audience. Thank you. Thank you thank all. You. Have the most beautiful evening. Thanks so much. Good night, y'all. Thank you.